Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Best start, Joe, is directly across from hey, me. Hey, man. Are we going to legalize marijuana yet? Oh, wow. You're having a flashback? <laughs> <laughs> That's your funny. Oh, boy. Well, I'm running for lieutenant governor. You can't draw. Oh. <laughs> You're channeling John Fetterman. That's right. How's your pacemaker working? Oh, it's doing real well. You don't have any cardiac dilemmas. Oh, right. You do have I do. I have the same thing. He has AFib, but I never had a symptom, thank God. You're medicated, right? I'm heavily medicated I most of the time. I think you that, right? <laughs> right. You're on drugs. Just one. Everybody over 60 is on some kind of drug. Hey, you got to do what you got to do to survive. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Joe across from me. Uh, he's medicated, but uh, 100% uh, still eager and interested and happy to be here. And he's in charge of global Let's not get carried tsunami. away. <laughs> yeah, he'll do anything for money. That's right. <laughs> on the other side of the glass, Kevin Hur took some undeserved time off. So he's still off again today. Well, the whole week. Oh, my God. He was just week. off the other week. I told you. Well, yeah, he's got... He's got issues. He wants to use up his vacation time. Maybe he's going to retire. But uh, so Rob Center is here. So we're back to uh, the dream team is reassembled. So we're all back together again. The band's back together. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Actually, Kevin was a part of the band before Rob. Well, yeah, but Rob. And then before owned. Kevin, there was Bree. Mm-hmm. And who before that? Um, I don't, you know, I don't remember who was before Bree. Mm. I think she was there when we started the program, wasn't she? I think Kevin started us, and Did then Bree okay. came in. Okay. And then Rob. Oh, Jennifer was a producer for a while, wasn't she? Jennifer Wakeman. No. No. Okay. All right. Well, Maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> but your recall is amazing. The people who once worked here. Uh, Jennifer's going to be on WKOK's On the Mark program this Friday. We'll have a sort of a, a mini financial Friday, but we'll focus on Drive, this crazy organization that's gluing all kinds of uh, disparate economic parts together and working to get us high-speed internet before their money runs out and doing a As wide. As opposed race. to disparate. Well, yeah, you, you said disparate. It's disparate. <laughs> disparate. Okay, thank you. Yep. There's. You kind, said disparate. I thought you were talking about disparate. Yeah, there's a bird over <laughs> right. in the other room. <laughs> disparate. Don't talk. Disparate. Right. Disparate's worthless. You ever hear the joke about the parrot? A burglar breaks into a home, and all of a sudden he hears, "Jesus is coming," and he looks over in the corner, and it's a parrot, and and the burglar says, "Oh wow, what's your name?" And he says, my name is Moses. And the parrot says this. And then he says, now who would name their parrot Moses? And, and the parrot says, the same family that names the Rottweiler Jesus. And he's coming <laughs> up the steps. <laughs> That's a true story, we think. Is it really? I, think I so. would think it would be more apocryphal than anything else or just created for its humoristic value. It's not that funny. All right, 1-800-795-9565. If you're tired of this frivolity and you're ready for serious topics, Give us a buzz. You can talk about all things global. The president's continuing his Asia trip, so maybe 
there's something of note that he has yeah, said or done there. They're still cleaning up there. on Al 5 on his last uh, thing. We're going to bomb the well, Chinese. Well, they, they say that's just a more forceful iteration of oh, this, yeah, uh, right. what a diplomatic... It uh, has always been, our policy has always been ambiguity. To right, keep diplomatic them ambiguity. But, but he when says you say it's outright, just more forceful. Right? When you say outright that, no, we're going to war if China invades Taiwan... Mm-hmm. Clean up on aisle five again for <laughs> President Biden. Well, yeah, but uh, this one's not too bad. At least he's voicing strength, and instead of saying no, we won't. You know, if well, you he w- is he is showing that. But All right. <laughs> so, but of course, you're not happy. All right. One eight hundred seven nine. They used to call that jingoism. <clears throat> he's jingoistic. Oh, is he? Okay. Mm-hmm. What kowtowing to whomever he happens to be near or with at the time. No, jingoistic is warlike, aggressive. Oh, that's a new one for me. All right. One. Eight, I'm reticent to to follow such things. You were. You had to ask me what that one meant. Too. Well, just the usage. I know what the word means, but uh, to use it in in the context of Holy Communion, I wasn't sure what that would how that would apply. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. Here we talked a tiny bit yesterday about Nancy Pelosi uh, not going to get communion by order of the bishop in her particular diocese, and uh, so that's there. Of course, we also talked a little bit about the Southern Baptists, and they've got a bit uh, comparatively. Speaking, small scandal underway if you compare it to the Catholic churches. But the Catholic churches did fess up and tried to put it behind them. And it looks like Southern Baptists may be to the point of confession here soon because they're well, actually, a I think report. The Catholics has, only did that when people started taking them to court. Right, yeah, they didn't want to. <laughs> I don't think anybody volunteer. I don't think the Baptists are doing it either. Well, although, look at Josh Shapiro, you know, helped do the Pennsylvania Grand Jury. And I wonder sure if he's going to go after the Baptists. In Pennsylvania? Are there Southern Baptists in Pennsylvania? Oh, yeah. The Southern it's Baptists the same is the largest conference. Protestant sect. Okay. You know, but, you know, bad people get into every profession. So it's not it's not limited to just uh, all the people who say, oh, it's the Catholics. Well, it's not just the Catholics. I just saw on Facebook this morning there's a a, a pastor who uh, admitted adultery and with a 16-year-old girl. You know, bad people are Where bad. Where was that? Uh, that was in, I think, Indiana somewhere. What faith? Uh, independent, I gather. Okay. Uh, you know, it was one of those Bible-believing churches. Okay. But uh, he he fessed up to it, and then the poor woman came up on stage. It's, it's trending dramatically on uh, Facebook. Uh, came up on stage and talked about what it meant to her, uh, apparently, when she was 16 years old, to have the pastor come after her. And so, you know, again, the people who are in charge of leading us to heaven sometimes go astray. Okay. Uh, you brought a clipping with you last week. We read the first paragraph but never got too deeply I into did. it. But I think it's germane, and this is the idea that in Georgia, where onerous voting rules that were imposed by oh, nasty Republicans were going to kill everybody who ever wanted oh, to go to the Jim polls. Jim Crow on steroids, right. according to President Biden. Jim Crow on steroids. But apparently everybody was able to overcome that last week. Our writers, E.B. and others, called the program and how horrible it was that the Republicans are trying to kill votes. But Democrats, corporations, and the liberal media repeatedly decry Georgia's Republican-passed Election Integrity Act as the next Jim Crow. But the Peachtree State is now seeing record-breaking turnout for early voting ahead of Tuesday's election, including minorities. How about that? Last year, President Biden called the law, known as SB 202, a blatant attack on the Constitution and good conscience ascribing it as Jim Crow in the 21st century and was supportive of Major League Baseball moving the 2021 All-Star Game out of Atlanta as a response. Biden urged Congress to pass sweeping federal voting laws, including the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. Uh, 
Biden, along with Democratic members of the liberal media, argued that the law would deny people the right to vote, especially minority Americans, who could lurch the U.S. democracy off balance. But voting in Georgia is breaking early records despite the state's new law, as the Washington Post put it. A 70-year-old black woman that spoke with the Post said she was surprised at how easily she was able to vote. So I suppose today's program should be all the liberals who called in and decried this terrible voting rights law calling in and saying, I was wrong. Well, is, is that the issue? Did, it did, that, did the laws impact anybody or nobody turned out to be impacted? Well, or is there just so much interest that it, they're able to overcome it? This is what the 70-year-old black woman had to say. I had heard they were going to try to deter us in any way possible because of the fact that we didn't go Republican on the last election. <laughs> And Trump, when Trump didn't win, to go in there and vote as easily as I did and to be treated with the respect that I knew I deserved as an American citizen, I was really thrown black, uh, thrown back. So there you go. Just thrown black. Well, she I'm was sort of black, but she wasn't thrown. Funny there. slip to make. Nobody was thrown. But uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, so uh, but like I said, is it possible that because this inter- there's so much interest in this race that uh, individuals that may have trouble overcoming some of these laws are able to do so and are doing so? I mean, that's what common sense would. And that's the common sense question that comes from that. But I don't know the answer, and it certainly wouldn't be in your clipping if that's if that were the case. But uh, yeah, were the laws? Are there laws impacting things? Pennsylvania had a pretty decent turnout for the uh, primary. It wasn't higher than, uh, maybe a little bit higher than average, but certainly no, you know, no big groundswell to get involved well, in. It's usually around thirty-five percent, and that's about right. That's where it was. So, um, but know, the, the salient point here, the in salient it. point is that people were being told that it was going to take away their right to vote, that it was an assault on democracy, that the republic was in jeopardy. I, I loved that this morning, Fox did cover it, and they had a series of the talking heads at the time who were just all over the top. This is awful. This is terrible Republican voter suppression. What does your article say that some folks did have trouble getting ready for this election? Well, according to Georgia Secretary of State Brad (laughs) Raffensperger, who was the one who wouldn't overturn the vote for Donald Trump, there have been nearly 800,000 ballots cast by Georgians as of Friday, a number three times that of 2018 and significantly higher than 2020, an election year when voting typically increases. But he doesn't say if there's anybody that can't vote because of this or can't overcome this, or is everybody just so eager to vote they're able to overcome it? Well, if if they were throwing obstacles in your path to make it impossible for you to vote or to suppress minority voting, you would think that that would be the big story. But the big story here is not that that happened, but that exactly the opposite happened, that people are voting in record numbers under this new Georgia law, which is nothing more than trying to well, ensure good, respect, uh, respect and integrity it's a great for our observation. elections. It shows what determined people are able to overcome if, okay, if they're so, motivated. So you think it was absolutely... No, no, no. I, I don't know. I, I'm totally uninformed on this. I'm glad you brought a clipping. This is certainly a good asterisk in the uh, election primary season that we're monitoring. If, in fact, the, the voter laws prompted more people to do whatever it took, despite any great inconvenience to, to vote or not, that's noteworthy or if it was just the you know the law 
really had almost no net effect, and there's tremendous interest. Good for them. I'm glad they get to vote in early. Uh, you know, mail-in voting is uh, certainly at the heart of the McCormick-Oz race in Pennsylvania. This idea that uh, counties didn't apply the no-date rule evenly is a little bit disappointing. I, I'm just I'm surprised that that's happening in Pennsylvania, but let's stay on Georgia. Well, if, if the law requires you to put a date on the front of the envelope and you don't do it, what should happen to that vote? Well, Now the court's saying, well, it doesn't matter. Well, if it doesn't matter, why did they pass a law saying it well, didn't matter? some counties counted them and some counties didn't. A court said last week in Pennsylvania that they have to count them, that the date is immaterial, the signature is the match-up situation that you're supposed to be looking for. And they, remember, the counties have had these ballots in hand well, in a timely fashion. What if they mailed it in three days later and it arrived? Does it, oh, well, that doesn't count. Yeah, the, well, how would you know if you're not required to put a date on the envelope? It would come in later. It would arrive later. Once we got to 8 p.m. in the courthouse, that's it for mail-in voting. So even if they get 20,000 votes the next day, they don't count. You have to put well, them in I'm the mail. I'm sure some court somewhere will say, oh, no, we got to count these. Well, Governor Wolf did that only one short year ago. Right. He said that uh, you, you can count them if they come in late because we're having a, enjoying a pandemic. So, so in but, other yeah, words, that was wrong. We have, yeah, and that, that's the kind of thing that the Georgia law was enacted to protect against. And really, I think what President, what Governor Wolf did was certainly extra legal. It didn't have any – it wasn't grounded in law. You'll have to admit that. As a matter of fact, it was exactly the opposite. It was con- it contravented the law. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. You want to talk about these uh, voting issues that are popped up in Georgia, uh, in Pennsylvania? The McCormick Oz race is uh, not heating up per se, but the issue is headed to a court. So we'll talk about that. Yeah, uh, I heard that shortly. supposedly for every uh, five votes that uh, are these write-ins. Yeah, that's about that's what the margin is that uh, that um, Oz gets. Uh, the other guy gets six. Right, McCormick gets six, and that's the trend. And Kevin had detected. Did that before the uh, you know this painstaking counting had begun, and uh, with the number of votes that are still outstanding, uh, Oz would stay in the lead, you know, uh, uh, until the bitter end. But of course, then the recounting and these uh, undated votes are going to be uh, part of this. So, yeah, we can chat about that. You know, I really think this is haphazard. This idea that you know we have Act seventy seven and it was imposed. And it, but it leaves so much up to the discretion of counties. Uh, I, I, I think I might agree with Commonwealth Court that if the date's not there, it's immaterial as long as it was received in time and the uh, signature matches. So you you know you have that aspect in your favor. But at the same time that it's up to counties and counties decide. I, I agree, discretion should matter. But you know, can't you come up with a set of rules that say, okay, if it's out of compliance, which you certainly can. If it's if it's out of compliance, a tiny bit, it's out of compliance, a hundred percent. Well, we don't have. Ab- Absolutism in this country. We have laws <laughs> protecting the southern border, which are being ignored massively by the Biden administration. Why should we expect them to follow any other law? To be continued. All right, let's take a quickie break, but uh, whatever our audience wishes to talk about, that's where we will proceed. 1 800 795 9565. Talked a tiny bit about Nancy Pelosi and her communion dilemma. A uh, tiny bit about the Southern Baptists. Tiny bit about Pennsylvania mail in and the Oz McCormick race. What's your view on these? topics 1-800-795-9565 and you can email us at on the mark at wkok.com and you can 
text us at 70236. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. But it brings up the point that the media doesn't want to cover this. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. You have to go to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and they have a story currently about a high number of Democrats who are casting ballots in the Georgia primary in, in order to... In the Republican side. In, you know, in the Republican They have an open primary, primary there. Right. So uh, that would skew the numbers a little bit, but they say that's only about 7% of the ballots that are cast in the Republican primary so but far. But the real story is that over 100 thousand more people have voted this right. time Your than view, the last time. that's not time. being covered. Okay. No, it's not. Because when, you're, when you're all invested in this is an assault on democracy, Jim Crow on steroids, this is a Republican well, assault on Well, you can bet if the numbers rights. were down, we'd be covering it. Yeah, you bet your... <laughs> See, the you oppression is working. Bippy, we would. <laughs> all right, Stan, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yeah, good morning. Uh, Joe, you made the statement that uh, people in Georgia were being told that they were going to have a hard time voting, or it was against them, and blah, blah, whatever, whatever exactly the words were, I'm not sure. But, no, I have to correct you on that. They weren't being told. They were being absolutely lied to. True. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's that's what they were. They were being lied to, and they're coming to find out that they were being lied to. But, unfortunately, the people that were lying to them will not be punished for those lies. They'll probably vote for them. You know, like Stacey Abrams and whoever else is running down there in the Democrat Party, they'll probably yeah. vote for him. Well, I don't know which guy it is. Even though they would be lied to. I can never remember his name. The guy on MSNBC who looks like an owl that's been surprised in the barn. I forget, I forget <laughs> I his who name. you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, Larry O'Donnell or... No. Uh, no, all right. Yeah, I, I don't watch MSNBC, so I, I couldn't help I mean, all these, one, so. these guys were just frothing at the mouth about voter suppression and uh, Jim Crow and, oh, man. Right. They were lying to the people. But they will not pay a penalty for their lies. But they haven't paid a penalty. They've been lying to the people for years. But in the last six, seven years, when they were Trump Russia, they were lying through their teeth. And they still haven't paid the penalty for those lies. Who was lying and what did they say? About what? Trump Russia? No, about uh, the Georgia election. Who lied about what? The media. Oh, the news media. (laughs) Yeah, they've been lying for years. Joe Biden. Joe Biden, you know, Jim Crow and steroids or whatever he said. That's you know, so or I guess it's Jim Eagle. He said, "I don't know." Something so stupid. He made. If a president expresses an opinion and you disagree with it, it's a lie. Wasn't an opinion. It was an outright statement that that's what right. was happening. Right, but and yeah. you're, but it's his opinion. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a lie. <laughs> I, I think politicians <laughs> express strong opinions. Look at look at President Trump. Donald always Trump had strong opinions a about a wide range of topics. <laughs> if it were but Donald it wasn't Trump, a lie. They were, were just his opinions. If it were Donald Trump, you'd be calling it a lie and a buffoon. More another <laughs> well, buffoon. Buffoon is a sort of a collective behavior thing. It doesn't have anything to do with a single statement. The president oh, okay. made <laughs> President Trump told many lies. Would you not agree? Well, it's President Biden really? telling many well, lies well, too. Well, of right? course, yeah, many, many for sure. Many lies. I'd like to hear them. Tell us, president. because that's what we've been hearing. You know, ninety some thousand lies over his presidency, but they never say what they are. They well, just say lies. It started okay. with his. Oh, claim. It oh, started with this. his. It started with okay, his claim Google. that the lar- he had the largest audience for an inauguration of any president. Lies. That his inauguration was bigger than uh, than Barack Obama's when okay. it wasn't clearly wasn't this, really this, this, I don't yeah. know because the pictures they were showing were hours before the inauguration and I don't know about you but generally I don't show up to something like that hours and hours in advance so we'll never know because they don't have pictures out over the crowd during the inauguration okay there's a difference there they played the media played their usual. Uh, Okay. Let's see. But that, you know, that, that. That's, that's six years ago. I don't care about that anymore. Okay. Okay. I care well, you what's ask going about on lies. today. <laughs> and yesterday, Biden, his price on gas, he says, we're in what do you think, an historic transition, basically to get people off of fossil fuels and, and oil, the petroleum industry. But I'm sorry, that fool doesn't know that just about everything that the American consumer and the world uses comes from, you know, is a derivative of petroleum. If you use any type of plastic, go to the hospital and use any type of medical equipment, most of that is made with plastic, and plastic comes from oil. So if we're going to get away from oil, then what are we going to replace all this stuff with that we use on a daily basis? Well, I'm just asking that question because we don't get no answer. We're just told we're transitioning away from oil. Well, I think that the the someone has said, and one of the talking heads, and I forget which one, said that it was always in the Democrats' plan to have the price of gas go way up high, because that's the only way that eventually they can win their argument about getting off of fossil fuels. As long as fossil fuels remain cheap and expensive and easy, they don't think there's enough incentive for us to work on the other energy sources. But I think we'd be stupid not to work on other energy sources. At the same time, we try to keep the costs down for the American public. I've always talked about paying the real price for petroleum, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> We've gone the other well, way. I mean, well, look it, at the price of diesel now. He's talking about, the president is talking about releasing some of the diesel reserve, and you've got truckers paying, what, almost $6 a gallon for diesel over fuel. Six. Over six. Right, and it's, it's going to drive the cost of everything we get delivered to us. I don't know about you, but even my trash company has a, a purchase fuel adjustment clause mm-hmm. on their their uh, their trash bills, and that's just going to go up and up and up. So we're feeling the pinch of the Biden recession. That's what I'm going to call it. Not the yep, Putin the price hike, but the Biden recession. <laughs> now, I, I have a 100-pound propane tank that the Hellers comes and fills, you know, every three months or whatever it is. The last bill was the highest bill I ever got, and they didn't put any more gas in it. So over $100 for 16 gallons of propane. What? And there was a fuel surcharge delivery on it, mm-hmm. you know, for a fuel-free surcharge on that bill. 
We have one person sent the newsroom their garbage bill. They get two big brown bags taken away from their home. Not the 33-gallon ones, but the contractor size. Two of them <laughs> per month, and it was $44. Because well, the they, got gas... the wrong, they got the wrong guy. Well, that could be true. <laughs> but I said, hey. I, I pay 25 bucks a month, so. <laughs> All right. I called him and said, look, if I will do your garbage service if you give me 44 bucks a month. If you're just going down to the transfer station. Is that still three yeah, bucks a bag? Uh, yeah, I think for small bags, and then, but this would be bigger than a small one. These are those fifty-gallon contractor bags. That's what we uh, use. Fifty-five I, I, I gallons. Just, you know, fuel is going to affect everything. Food prices. I just drove my past my parents' farm. Okay, the fuel truck was there delivering, and it's been two weeks. They got a delivery two weeks ago, probably a thousand gallons or more. The last time it was five forty something a gallon. Now they pay no tax on that fuel because it's for farm use on off road. So how do you expect the farmers to be able to put the stuff in the ground, harvest the, the you know the food and get it to market with the, you know and they have no basically farmers have no control over the price because it's all determined by the commodities market. So how do you expect them to stay in business? Seed prices have gone through the roof. Uh, fertilizer prices have gone through the roof. And everybody expects cheap food. Yeah, roundup is high now. Well, no, was, it was just a roundup. It ain't just that. It's everything. Well, there was a graph on TV this morning showing the uh, price, the increase in prices over a wide range of commodities, and it's pretty amazing. But you know what bothers me most of all? You know, the unfairness, and I hate to keep going back on this, the unfairness of the mainstream media. You tune in MSNBC, you won't hear a word about inflation. You won't hear a word about, you know, the Georgia voting well, they're rights They're not the laws. mainstream media. They're fringe partisan. <laughs> Are they? Well... You know, well, they also it doesn't affect them because they're getting such high salaries that you know what's a, what's an extra fifty cents at a dollar a gallon on fuel. It doesn't affect them because they're making a million dollars or so. The talking heads. I ain't saying the people that work behind the camera and stuff, but the talking heads. One of our listeners says MSNBC people get around in Uber. <laughs> okay, so now, now, now I sure you know. wouldn't want to be Ubering right now, neither. Yeah, that can't be very profitable with today's well, prices they, anyway. Would they not do a surcharge also? There was a story on the news the other day that they have uh, put another, an additional, I think, 50-cent fee on each ride to cover the costs of some of the costs for the drivers. Well, <laughs> that won't even cover it. My kid was doing that. He take He's taking people to New York City and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia from Bloomsburg. So you think that 50 cents is going to cover a ride like that? Nope. <laughs> yeah. So, All right. Have a great one. Hey, you thank too. you so much, Stan. Really appreciate the call. 1-800-795-9565. President Trump's lies. The mainstream media lies or does nothing about important stories. President Biden, President Trump, Southern Baptists, Nancy Pelosi, Georgia, and Pennsylvania's mail-in debacle. Our early topics will take more comers. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. They're located on 4th Street in Sunbury with hundreds of vehicles down there, many of them pre-owned, but they do have about a dozen brand new ones that just came in off the truck, so you can check them out. I got to see one of them. It's a Bronco Sport 2022, so it'll be as the, as the model year is winding down, but fantastic vehicle. It's that Badlands edition that's got the EcoBoost motor and kind of a mini lift kit, I'll call it. It's not just a regular flat rider, and it's not the one with the 30-inch tires that come already on it. This is the Badlands version, so you can kind of take it off-road sometimes, but go on the highway other times. But boy, I'll tell you what, just the camera system alone, it's like you're being followed all the time with a little drone overhead. They have cameras on each of the mirrors. There's one on the front of the vehicle. There's one on the rear-view mirror that's facing forward, and then one behind the back, so you're seeing behind you, and they combine them all electronically, and you just got a great uh, picture of what's happening all around you. If you're having trouble parking, you can see, boy, when you parallel park, you really can use those cameras. They can help out a great deal. If you want to know where that tree is that maybe you're awfully close to when you're going in and out of your parking space, of course, it comes with an off-road suspension, so it's ready for off-roading. Also, paddle shifters, in case you're going to be doing your own shifting off-road. It's got the sync system, so you can uh, link up your phone with this, so you're just going to be able to have great opportunity. Terrain management, trail control, twin clutch rear drive unit, so you can pick or choose which of the drive wheels you want to power up in the back. So it's made for off-road, but going down the highway also. Guess what? 26 miles to the gallon on the highway is the rated version, but uh, you could easily hit above 30 if you're taking it easy down the highway. And guess what? Less than $40,000. So you can probably even get a little discount on that. This vehicle exists, so check it out at Sunbury Motor Company. This is just one of the vehicles there. they got some other new ones, too, and they would love to do business with you. got a new F-150 in with that long bed and uh, the uh, double cab. So it's a vehicle that is all set for Joe to drive around his Lightning. I understand that they, it has a VIN now. <laughs> it's not assembled yet, but it's already got its VIN. So it's going to be coming along very shortly after the 2023 models start their way down the assembly line in Dearborn, Michigan. So, Joe, your truck is on the way, so to speak. I'm waiting. All right. (laughs) He's patient. Our toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com. Talked a little bit about uh, media a moment ago, mainstream media and MSNBC not uh, covering something that's uh, fairly big in Georgia, that there's a huge turnout, despite the Jim Crow laws that were reimposed down there. A lot of folks are able to vote, particularly mail-in. A lot of ones registered Wasn't for the Jim primary. Wasn't a Jim Crow law. You're oh, editorializing. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. And uh, so what's your view on these topics? President Biden, Georgia, Southern Baptist, Nancy Pelosi gets communion. President Biden uh, ready to invade Taiwan or ready to invade uh, China. And uh, Dr. Oz versus McCormick, the mail-in ballot debacle that seems to be unfolding. one 800 795 you can email us at on the mark at WKOK.com and text us at 70236. Some very brief news headlines here. A work session Monday.
Monday sought alternatives to the big tax hike that's coming in the Danville Area School District. The Press Enterprise report little was accomplished in that regard. It looks like the tax increase for Northumberland County taxpayers would be about $239 annually in their property taxes. That's an additional amount. The average Montour County property taxpayer for the Danville School District would see an increase of $47. And, of course, Press Enterprise, our source there. A suspect from last Thursday's fatal shooting in Sunbury was captured yesterday. At approximately 2.50 p.m., Mr. Ajani Aruhu, age 23, of 406 and a half Fairmont Avenue, was taken into custody in the Philadelphia area by members of the Williamsport United Marshals Fugitive Task Force, along with members of the Philadelphia Task Force, without incident. And that's Chief Brad Hare of Sunbury PD holding news conference Monday saying that Ajani Aruhu of Sunbury was in custody. Also arrested was his father, Ajani Aruhu Sr., busted on felony counts of hindering the apprehension of a suspect. Court papers say Aruhu Sr. was stopped in Neelysburg while driving his son's car back to Sunbury and was detained without further incident. He's in jail now, too. AP reporting the campaign of David McCormick, who's in that neck-and-neck battle with Mehmet Oz for the GOP primary nomination in the U.S. Senate race in Pennsylvania, sued in Pennsylvania court Monday to try to ensure counties obey a brand new federal appeals court decision that could help him make up ground. McCormick's lawsuit filed after hours, says the state's Commonwealth Court, to require counties to promptly count mail-in ballots that lack a required handwritten date on the returned envelope. It's the first, but not likely the last, lawsuit between Oz and McCormick, a former hedge fund CEO. McCormick's campaign said at least two counties, Blair and Allegheny, suggested they would not count the ballots as part of their unofficial results that each county must report to the state tomorrow, or actually today. Oz, who was endorsed by former President Donald Trump, led McCormick by 992 votes, or 0.07 percentage points, out of 1.3 million ballots cast. The race is so close, it will trigger Pennsylvania's automatic recount law which will take us into mid-June until final results are finalized. The Associated Press did not declare a winner, uh, ruling in a separate case Friday. This is the glitch in Pennsylvania. Ruling in a separate case late Friday, the Third U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals said the state's election law's requirement of a date next to the voter's signature on the outside of a return envelope was immaterial. And it's not clear how many of the mail-in ballots that lack a handwritten date have been received by counties, although he trails the vote count McCormick has been doing better than Oz in mail-in ballots, but would need many more for the trend to continue. And That's a long story. Well, I think it's important. This is kind but of what But it's interesting. The lack of a required signature is immaterial. If the legislature voted that it had to have one, how can a court claim that it's immaterial? Well, as Commonwealth Court interpreting the meaning in Act 77 is vague as to whether a, a ballot would... Your story would says it's tr- required. Right. It is required in Pennsylvania. Well, then it's if part it's required... And it's not there. Why should the ballot count? I don't know. Commonwealth what if the, Court, si- the signature is required? What if they don't sign it? Commonwealth Court is the decider in these things. Well, it should be. A, well, of course, appealing it to the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania. There are only two <laughs> justices on there with any common sense. Well, but see, it wouldn't really make any difference because Supreme Court is the state Supreme Court is democratically controlled. That's what I'm saying. But it's a Republican primary, so maybe they would help hand pick, assuming they're political judges for the rest of the ones that you were talking about. Uh, it would mean that they would hand pick whomever so they want. If you, who do you?
you think that they would want? Who do you think that the Democrats would want as their challenger for Lieutenant Governor Fetterman? I would think Oz, because he's got such high negative views among some Republicans, you know, not you, you have this man crush on him, but other, a lot of other Republicans say he's, you know, he's wishy-washy on issues or he's just an unknown issue. Some folks resent the fact that President Trump endorsed him. So he has negative numbers where McCormick doesn't have that. He, he doesn't have enough supporters in general, but he doesn't have, a, you know, millions of people who say, or hundreds of thousands of Republicans who say, I won't vote for him no matter what. Well, I don't know. He's a hedge fund manager. I mean, he's getting greedy Wall Street type, isn't he? Well, but I think that doesn't really matter. I mean, he did well in the primary. He probably would have won if it weren't for, and would have won in a wide margin if it weren't for President Trump endorsing him, uh, Lawrence's viewpoint. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting if a couple of the other minority candidates hadn't gotten in. If What was the lady's name? Not Bennett. Kathy uh, Barnett. Karen, Kathy Barnett. If she was out of the race and her 20-some percent of the vote was spread out, it'd be interesting to see which way it would have gone. So if you were a Barnett supporter and she was no longer available... Who would you have voted for? I, th- I think she well, she was in the low numbers to start with and only had her her normal following, maybe about 10 percent of the vote. No, but I think most 20, people... She had over 20 percent of the vote. Right. In the end, right. yeah. But, but I think about 10 percent of them were from Oz's camp. I don't think people said, okay, well, I'm done with McCormick. I'm switching to, Bar- to Barnett. I think she picked up votes primarily from Oz, just from what people say. Yeah. I mean, there's hard to empirically... You have to interview every Republican that voted for her. Were you always a Barnett supporter? No. Were you ever a Nas supporter? Yeah, I was going to, but then after a while I heard all these negative things about him and voted for her. And my view is I think she probably was a spoiler for Oz. He probably would have, uh, yeah, he, well, pro- he probably would have won more easily if it were for $35 million dollars on negative ads, I would say that uh, <laughs> one of our, our candidate, our beloved candidate from Bloomsburg, certainly did a lot to smear somebody else's name. Well, he's not from Bloomsburg, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he may have grew, grown up there. He's like President Biden says he's from Scranton. Scranton right. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm from 6th Street in Sunbury then, but I lived most of my life on Chestnut Street, so okay. I'm not in, down in that ward. All right, 1-800-795-9565, Pennsylvania's mail-in law, our topic of conversation. Some other uh, brief notes here. After average gasoline prices in Pennsylvania, in case you live in a cave, have gone up 15 cents a gallon in the last week, averaging four dollars and seventy cents a gallon as of six a.m. Monday. Uh, prices in Pennsylvania are fifty cents per gallon higher than a month ago, and a dollar sixty-one higher than a year ago, according to GasBuddy.com. Uh, GasBuddy's experts say, "quote We may have finally started to slow the rise in diesel increases. That may be finally cooling off," says Patrick DeHan, head of petroleum and analysis at GasBuddy. But as for gasoline prices, uh, let's see, they're over a dollar fifty more per gallon. And then last year, prices are appearing to slow down for now. So going up to 577 and slowing down a little bit. But I think uh, the uh, idea of a national average above $5 a gallon seems to be widely talked about. So maybe that's in the future. The Gas Buddy guy doesn't really say. He's saying, I'm hopeful that we could avoid the dreaded national average of $5 a gallon. 
Well, and I would think now consumption will start to go down a little bit. Folks that can consolidate trips or skip trips altogether, that kind of thing. I know that's what we'll be doing in, in our household. Uh, let's see. One of our news items, several states are holding primaries today, but all eyes are on Georgia, which is holding some high-stakes contests. One is the governor's race. Incumbent Republican Governor Brian Kemp is facing former Senator David Perdue. Former President Donald Trump endorsed Perdue in campaign forum, while former Vice President Pence supports Kemp. CBS News' Ed O'Keefe in Georgia notes that the polls currently favor Kemp. Recent surveys show that Governor Pemp not only staying ahead of the pack, but likely going to easily exceed the 50% runoff threshold tomorrow night and put Senator David Perdue away for good. President Trump has been opposed to Kemp ever since the governor refused to overturn Georgia's results in the 2020 presidential election. Here the mainstream media is covering this. This is AP, says early voting in Georgia has seen a higher turnout. Finally, a Bucks County, I hate to end on bad news, so we'll do some good news. A Bucks County high school senior has broken a track and field record set in 1965 by running a sub four-minute mile during a high school race without a pacer. Gary Martin has gotten extremely close to breaking the record during other meets this year, but the Pennsylvania Catholic League championship on Monday, he finally ran a mile uh, three minutes, 57 seconds, .98. Martin, a graduate at Archbishop Wood High School in Warminster has committed to attend the University of Virginia after he graduates. His high school celebrated his historic run on Twitter saying congratulations to Wood's very own Gary Martin on running his mile at the PCL Track and Field Championship. Gary, you have worked so hard to achieve this goal. Uh, Martin said after he broke the record, it was cool to see others were excited for him. Usually you don't get that type of environment on a small local track meet. He told CBS... You, My God, yeah, your I, news headlines have lasted 20 minutes. Well, we're hoping they're conversation <laughs> starters. Plus, I want to end on something positive, if I can. Okay. Well, one of our emailers says, maybe I misheard, but I thought the story said the date next to the signature is not required, not the signature itself. The signature is required no matter what. Um, it is required, or it is asked for when you fill out the papers that you put a date there. But Commonwealth Court said, no, that's immaterial, that the date's just an add-on. And that the key is that the signature is there and that it matches. So that's the, but, you know, you have what the law actually says, that you need a date. And then you have a judge saying, well, that's not that big a part of the law, I guess. And, uh, but, you know, this is, uh, this is all haphazard, in my view, this idea that this discretion has to be applied at all. McCormick and I should be able to watch votes count. If something is lacking something, it should be set aside. If it has all the things you need, the signatures and the date and the signature matches, then it should count. There shouldn't be a decision-making process. And other counties have set aside and not counted votes that came in that weren't in full compliance with the law. So you're going to have to go through every little asterisk type of uh, non-compliance factor and decide whether it's material or not. So to be continued. Well, uh, we talked about Nancy Pelosi for a minute, and I thought the San Francisco Examiner, as you know, the if you followed the story at all, the Archbishop of uh, San Francisco, uh, Cardinal Cordelioni, I guess that's how he pronounces it, uh, has said that he is not going to give Nancy Pelosi communion or told her that she can't have it. And interestingly enough, the San Francisco Examiner newspaper editorial board weighed in on this, urging Pope Francis to remove the Archbishop for this. <laughs> the editorial 
editorial board blasted the Archbishop for punishing Pelosi instead of right-wing politicians who vote against health care or funding for the poor. Uh, Corleone's chief loyalty is not to Christ, they said, but to the cabal of far-right American bishops led by Raymond Leo Burke, a Catholic prelate who has led a continual campaign to undermine Pope Francis's authority, they wrote, before demanding the Pope remove the radical conservative from San Francisco. So in other words, but interestingly enough, the catechism of the Catholic Church is unambiguous on the question of abortion, both in procuring one and assisting in the practice. It says, since the first century, the Church has affirmed the moral evil of every procedural abortion. This teaching has not changed and remains unchangeable. Direct abortion, that is to say abortion willed either as an end or a means, is gravely contrary to the moral law, the catechism says, calling abortion an infanticide abominable crimes. But I think the issue is is not, is, is she out of compliance with that catechism? Okay, so that is, uh, if she were to have an abortion, I think she would be in violation of it. But she's not. She's a politician, and she's saying that women have the right to choose because of their right to privacy, and it's their own bodies. So what she's essentially saying is that my Catholic faith, which she, you know, she may choose personally to never have an abortion, uh, you know, when she was of childbearing age. I was going to say she's 80 years old. Well, but in any event, so her personal view isn't her public one. So therefore, she's she's saying, okay, well, I have these firmly held Catholic beliefs, and they say that, so that's the way I personally feel. But she's saying, I'm not going to impose that on everybody else. She's letting everybody else choose. But if through your if through your public position, you make it possible for someone to obtain to enjoy privacy, well, to obtain an abortion, and yet your faith says that that's not something you should be involved in. So you always say it's a private organization. You know, you always that's always your argument. This is a private organization. They can do what they want. No one's forcing Nancy Pelosi to be a Catholic. There are many religious choices she can make that don't involve Catholicism, and there are many churches that, you know, espouse a, a woman's right to choose. She doesn't have to remain a Catholic if she chooses not to. Right, I understand that, but I mean, if you can't accept being a the Catholic, is, the church, it's like being, where, where, did, where were you born? In Chambersburg? That's where you no, grew up? No, I was up? born in Harrisburg. Harrisburg, okay, that's right. We know, we've talked about this. You will never stop being from Harrisburg, and she was born a Catholic, a cradle Catholic, as you would say, and so she's not going to change faiths just because popes and bishops and uh, but politicians she has changed her faith. If, if you can't embrace, now I'll, I'll admit I've I've said on the program before I'm a cafeteria Catholic. Uh, there are th- certain things in the faith that don't resonate strongly with me. Other things that do. Um, but you know she has made a decision that one we of the saw fou- you <laughs> making that ribeye last Friday. <laughs> one of the basic tenets of the church is abortion is a sin. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're supporting that sin. Why do you remain a member of that church that condemns it if you have other options? Well, I think that's her personal uh, faith question. But the issue is, does she impose her faith on other people? It was like when we used to talk to Fred Keller when he was a representative. He said he would vote for the year of the Bible and did. But if there were any other book of faith that were being decided upon. the year of the Koran. Koran or the Pentateuch. You know, he could have chosen the Jewish book also. He would not support that because he's not... He's a Christian. He wouldn't support that. My view always with him was that, well, that's wrong. You shouldn't impose.
impose your religion on other people. And she's doing the same thing. It's just a privacy issue is all it is. It sounds like it's a big political dust-up because she won't get communion. But really, I just think it's it's privacy. If she's saying, okay, this is my firmly held belief, and I'll, I'll try to adhere to as many Catholic tenets as I can, but I don't impose that on other people. But it's not imposing it on other people. It's it's acting in in communion, if you will, with your faith. If you believe, if you belong right, to a faith, your faith that says all these things are, are things actions. I believe. You know, if, if we have a creed, well, we all recite a creed. You have it. We have it. The Nicene Creed. We all say it. Mm-hmm. Do we believe it? <laughs> I believe it. I'm a lay leader. I have to. All right. We're going to take a quickie break. we got a caller standing by, but we'll take more comers. Uh, we're talking about Nancy Pelosi, denied communion by a bishop in her diocese, even though Pope John Paul has said for President Biden... He can get communion, despite the fact that he, too, has been a pro-choice individual as a political leader. But not leader. according to his bishop. If his bishop decides he can't have it, he right. can't Except, have it. Yeah, this is a noteworthy asterisk, and I'm summarizing this correctly, that the pope can say what he wants, but bishops have the final say at the rail. Right. Okay, all right, at the communion Well, you, you haven't been there in a long time. There is no rail anymore. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, so you stand up in front of the altar area, right? Yes. Okay. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. You're a rail fan, so this is right (laughs) up your alley. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Upper right-hand corner, Joe. It's too bad the supply chain issue didn't create a pen shortage at the White House when Biden took office. Maybe some of the current problems wouldn't exist. Interesting. Is that? Oh, that's the same one. Okay. And let's see. That's the same one. Yes, all right. Did we miss one? Nope. Are you sure? I'm positive. And then article... Did you read that? Uh, Yes, I just read it a second ago. Did you read this? Uh, no. Oh, yes, yes, I did. Yes, I read did. that okay, a few I'm minutes sorry. ago. I'm totally confused. Okay. Yes, you are. Are you having a bad day? <laughs> Article 1, Section 4 of the Constitution says the state legislatures determine times, places, and manner of elections. Courts have no authority. Well, that's not correct. So the courts say a requirement written into voting law is irrelevant. I find that to be a problem, and their ruling unconstitutional. Right. I agree. And then, yes, Dan, Trump was Russia, Russia, Russia. Just look at the gas prices. 
And how about McCormick once ballots counted even without dates? Oh, my goodness. Well, of course, he thinks that's going to benefit him. Nancy Pelosi receiving abortion was one of our topics. Abortion? Or, no, I'm sorry, advocating for abortion, not getting communion, thank you, uh, is one of our topics. The mail-in debacle in Pennsylvania, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. Text us at 70236. Uh, Al, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Thank you for taking my call. Dr. Nancy Pelosi, um, she's probably should be held to a higher standard as in all leaders, and even when it comes to her religion. And by pronouncing her religion and running as the person she is, a Catholic, we would know that her standing would be that. So uh, if you don't agree with abortion you probably would not vote for Nancy Pelosi. Um, And if you were pro-life, you would probably vote for Nancy Pelosi if she held true to her religion, which would be number one in my book, being held to a higher standard. I do go back to that WWJD. You know what that means, right? I recall that, yes. You have a bracelet to that effect? Yeah. I keep it in my medicine cabinet, and they remind me every morning it's hanging right there on the side. Why don't you wear it? Why don't you wear it? And what would do? And uh, some days uh, I shave, and some days I don't. But uh, other than that, I try and do what he wants me to do. Okay. So I'm just saying she should be held to a higher standard. And the next step for her is excommunication in my book. She's had her warning. Um, she's has a chance to uh, confess and repent. Was she warned to to stop advocating for abortion? Yeah. Okay. She's had her warning. She's met with that bishop several times, uh, so it's not like a secret, and it's been a long time coming. And um, I, I'm proud of the Catholic Church for sticking to our convictions. So I'm I'm just saying. Uh, she is who she is, and uh, she's not being who she is. So if she gets excommunicated, it's on her. But right now, she's she's being cared for by the bishop because he, she's being gone astray, and he's trying to bring her back to the straight now. Well, but my point is that if she finds herself unable to accept some of the primary tenets of her faith, she should choose another faith. Well, she accepts them, but she just doesn't impose them on other people. You don't seem to get my idea that that her goal is to make sure that she enjoys her faith tremendously and campaigns on it and says that, you know, this is part of her. But she doesn't say, okay, and if you, whether you're Catholic or not, you have to adhere to the same tenets of my faith. She's just not doing that. She's letting people choose. She has to be faithful in her faith. And, And if she was straight up front when she was running for election and everybody knew she was a Catholic and she was a, a, a leader and held out to a higher standard, she would have to remain true to her faith. And, there, you know, she's still redeemable, but she's not going to get redeemed in the Catholic religion for this. She may end up excommunicated, and, and to me, I think that would be the next formal step that would uh, send a, a, a clear message throughout the Christian community, uh, the Catholics 
Well, one of our good listeners, one of our listeners agrees with you in text. It says, if Nancy Pelosi had no power, then her feelings wouldn't matter. But that's not the case. She favors the murder of the unborn. She's a leader, and she's a, a Catholic, and she's not setting the proper example, and she should be warned like she's being warned now. And she went and talked to her elders, uh, as in the bishop and other people, and she's going through all the right steps. So now she has to make a decision. Do I want to be a Catholic, or am I going to just step away peacefully? Or the bishop says, now it's time to uh, decide, Nancy. Because your next step is excommunication. Actually, she hasn't done that. As I understand it, the archbishop out there wanted to talk to her, but she has not uh, not extended to uh, speak to him. Right. Supposedly, according to one article, ignored the bishop. Right. Oh, okay. Well, well, that's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) She should talk about this with the bishop. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you know what he's going to say. Mike and my I told you about. I, I had sent messages to the bishop, and I, I finally put the put it behind me. You know, and to and her bishop. No, to my bishop with my case. I got you. you know, oh, that's we right. Have, we all live and we all go through these things, and and I just kind of handled it the way I was told to handle it, bringing it to my elders, and and they tried to help me, and then finally I had to, you know, go ahead and accept the forgiveness and help myself and, and become an advocate for the unborn because they can't speak for themselves and and uh, Nancy should be doing the same thing. All right, we got you. All right, thank All right, you so much, Al. Talk, I, I think it's imposing religion on other people if you're an elected leader and you take the tenets of your faith and you force of your faith and you force other people to comply with the same things. I don't think that's right. People should have a cho- opportunity to choose if they so do it. I like uh, John Shipman's uh, account of it. He was here last week and he said he certainly ab- abhorrently hates abortion and doesn't think people should do it, but he doesn't impose that on other people. It's a privacy and morality issue that people have to decide for themselves. Oh, and government can't intervene. Well, government can intervene if you believe government has a vested interest in protecting human life. If we believe that life is sacred, you know, you, you can't argue the way you're arguing and then say that you're uh, not in favor of the death penalty. In other words, if there are reasons, well, if there are reasons to take <laughs> someone's life, there are reasons to take someone's life. If there are no reasons, there are no reasons. Are you softening on the death penalty still, or you're back to kill them if grill them and kill them? <laughs> well, I don't believe we ought to grill them. <laughs> it's, a, it's a figure of speech. We're not cooking them. You question them. Well, no, I, I think there are certain circumstances where, just still. as I believe there are certain circumstances where abortion should be permitted, there are certain circumstances where I believe a life should be taken because of the heinous acts that person committed. Why should that unborn child be the victim of a rape or incest also? I said there were exceptions. Those are the exceptions I would make. 1-800. Oh, we have Dennis hanging on. Well, I have to hit the break. Okay, we'll do Dennis before the break. He never ties us up for six or seven minutes. So, Dennis, your last caller before the break. Go right ahead. All righty. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, one of the aspects of this whole conversation is is that a Catholic priest, which, of course, an archbishop is a priest before you're you know, a bishop. A bishop is a shepherd of souls. He also, and and training, you know, in seminaries and according to Catholic theology, they have to protect the sacred hosts, the body and blood and soul and divinity of Christ at all costs. 
<clears throat> I mean, even at the point of death, they have to protect that. And if someone's a public sinner, to save their soul, they will not allow that communion to go to them, <clears throat> simply because that, that we can't receive unworthily. We have to have, you know, confess of our sins and stuff. So they have every right, as a public sinner, to withhold the communion to anybody. Now, you can't go through by guessing what someone's doing or hearsay, but in her case, it's very public, you know, her stand. I mean, if, you know, you take throughout history, ask Henry VIII what happened to him. You know what I mean? The Pope was not about to dissolve his marriages and, you know, just because he didn't get an heir. You're saying Henry so VIII. He, it sounded like you said Henry Yates, like that was a person, but you meant Henry VIII. Sorry. <laughs> right. I got a frog in my throat. Henry VIII, yeah. But, you know, because he won a, he didn't get his heir and, uh, you know, the wife wasn't produced and he wanted to dissolve the marriage and the Pope said no. So you see what, you know, history did there. But the bottom line is everybody... The trouble in the church today is we have a pope that tends to lean more liberal with these things. I'm not misjudging him. I don't know more than the pope. But what I'm saying is he could easily, from Rome, say, you know, your public office, you take this position, boom. I order the priest not to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, to contra contradict this, Bishop Gregory of Washington, D.C., was to ask to stop Biden from getting communion. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. So Yeah, grace prevails. Once again. What's that? Grace prevails once again. Well, I guess you could look at it that way. I mean, you know, communion is supposed to be sacred, and, you know, a priest should save communion whenever there's a fire, get in and get that communion, save it from murderers, save it from satanic use, you know. So, in this case, it's very public what she's doing. It's a contradiction in terms, and he has every right, any priest has every right to do that. All right, so, we'll catch you. Okay. okay. All right, thank, thank you, you so much. 1-800-795-9565 should a public leader who's Catholic impose their views on other people and say that they have to follow those same views, too, particularly when it comes to abortion. That's the bottom line. In my view, Joe says, no, if you're Catholic, you can't advocate, talk about, promote, do anything at all that would enhance an abortion or that would affect an abortion, make one happen. Well, miss, miss well I'm State. waiting for. I'll wait till after the break. I know right. we're we're behind. So, <laughs> all right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. What's your view on this? Talking about the Catholic Church, Nancy Pelosi denied communion by a bishop, even though the Pope says she should get it, or he said President Biden should get it. But uh, of course, not everybody loves the current Pope. That's another topic. Or the current president. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll be right back. When Catholics walk on water? No. <laughs> All right, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number right in the middle of a discussion. We're going to wrap this up shortly. Nancy Pelosi denied communion by her bishop, and he says, I've tried to warn you a couple times. I sent you a letter. You haven't responded to those, so you're not going to get to communion if you go up in front of your priest in California. And the Pope has said previously for President Biden that grace prevails and that President Biden, whether is in Delaware or Washington should
should receive communion. I argue that this is the, uh, the uh, Nancy Pelosi should not do exactly what she is doing, and that's imposing her faith on other people. But should the San Joe Francisco says Examiner should, be telling the Pope that he should get rid of the Archbishop because they don't like a conservative? Well, that seems <laughs> honestly, you know, is it, there fault to be found our there? Atheist or non-Catholic friends are out there saying, "Oh, brother, you <laughs> right. know, like how, how intricate is this uh, web going to go?" Dan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, I heard, on a sound clip I heard Nancy Pelosi say, "Science hasn't changed since uh, Roe versus Wade was was enacted." Yeah, she's right. It hasn't changed, but what we know, what we know today about science, for sure, has changed. We know the father's DNA and the sperm and the mother's DNA and the egg are living, and that'll form the new human being that's being developed in the womb. So, so from the point of life, conception. It's a human being, and that we know now. I'm not, you don't even have to talk about faith, although they've always been right. The Catholics' belief on faith on that particular item that it is a child in the womb is right. They were always right, but today. What we learn through science in even the last couple years proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that's a human being. It's not a blob of tissue that you can throw out and say, and don't feel no guilt about it. It is human. So both science and people that believe that it is a life by faith or a right. So one confirms the other. Well, I think you can argue that, but I don't think uh, people... Uh, I, I can't argue for women, but I think people say, well, that's fine. You know, you can say that, but that's not a belief that they share and that they uh, it's an individual's moral right to choose and that the government shouldn't intervene. I guess that's the other big part is that the government should keep their nose out of it, that it's a private decision. I appreciate what you're saying, that, you know, that certainly the blueprint is there for a human, and that's, you know, in arguable, but uh, the fact is that it's still the A, it's a woman's private moral decision, what she does with that early, early pregnancy, and then secondly, the government, why would you rely on the government to be the arbiter of wisdom when it comes to personal moral decisions? So that's the other aspect. All right, we got Dan on the line, we got another call coming, hold on Dan, 1-800-795-9565 we'll take more comers here 1-800-795-9565 you can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, well, you can't, you know, when does it become murder? Just because it's outside the womb, then it becomes murder. But it's equally murder within the womb, because it is a human life. It's not up to the government. It, uh, it Government can't decide. 
it's it's a moral issue just as murder is. Well, but Dan, so look at look we, at it another way. I mean, I agree with you. It's it there's certainly a moral component to it, and maybe for people of faith that is the primary consideration. But I think uh, as a government, as a a group of people who have rules that we have to live by, we've decided that certain things are not permissible. You can't murder somebody. You can't rob a bank. You can't, you know, uh, crash your car or yell fire in a crowd at theater. But I think the victim is clearer in that case. But still, I mean, we have, as a government, we have decided there are certain things we must need to we need to do to make our civilization uh, worthy for everybody. And one of those things. It legitimately, I think, is deciding whether or not human life should be preserved in all its forms or whether it shouldn't be, whether there should be carve-outs or exceptions made. Exactly. That's where I stand. That's why I say what I say. We have, if, we, if we understand human life and appreciate life, we have to appreciate it in the womb as well as outside the womb. It's still a human life and and now we know it's not it's not just a matter of my faith, which I believed it was a human life before we had the science. But now we know there's no question about it. That tissue in the womb has all the DNA that it'll ever have, and it'll be it. That DNA will bring that into a full human that's breathing the person. All right, we got and you, Dan. Dan, we got to hit the break. It's not breathing yet in the womb yeah, on well, its own. You're no. right, Dan. It's not going to turn into a frog or a wolf. It's going to be a human being. <laughs> if hey, all goes got well. it right there, Joe. All right. You're Thank you, Dan. Right. Thank you, guys. Dan. Have a great day. You too, hey, you Dan. Too, buddy. Take Thanks. care. 1-800-795-9565. Hold on, Mark. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We have an emailer, Joanne from Sunbury, says, OTM, separation of church and state makes sense. Don't use your power to make me live by what your religion dictates. Amen. For example, it hardly matters if Mastriano believes that the election was fraudulent. To him, the creation of the pretext itself is a righteous act. All right. And one of our texters says, a human embryo is the same as an eagle or turtle embryo, but only two are federally protected. What's wrong with that picture? Well, there's a good point. And Dan believes science about sperm, but not about the Trump virus by scientists. Okay. 
All right, a new email. And Rob says, Mark, the government is deciding morality by legislating that Catholic health care facilities perform abortions or risk losing funding. Well, that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Mark, go right ahead. Thanks for calling in. Well, I want to get some verification from you. Is this tax increase in Northumberland County across the board? It's for, what tax no, increase? it's for Dan Valeria School District residents is what our story alludes to. Dan does well, not no, even... There's nothing coming across to, uh, other than that area, right? Right, just that area. Okay, all right. Well, I wasn't quite paying attention. I should have. I had something what school stove. district are you uh, in? One other thing. Uh, border situation. If Ukraine doesn't get, is not able to export its uh, grains out of uh, their country and Russia maintains its blockade, you're going to have food shortages. The price of food is just going to go up dramatically. And uh, Africa, and especially South America, too, is going to be a problem. If we have open borders, I mean, we're going to be, we're going to be hammered by the millions trying to get into this country. And I think, uh, I'll ask your opinion, you know, but I think it's a treasonable act what's happening on our border, that they're not protecting this country. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I'm with you. I don't know where he is, but uh, I don't. Treason <laughs> seems strong, but um, I guess a court could weigh it, and a grand jury could look at it. If you're if you're not doing absolutely positively everything to secure borders, is that illegal? What's the oath the president takes to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United right. States? Well, I think you could make an argument that our discussion is worthy of it's you know it's worthy of having the discussion. But all kinds of leaders in all kinds of offices do make all kinds of decisions that you can. Say don't fully comply with one aspect of the law or another, but we don't arrest them. Up to now, leaders have been relatively free to interpret the laws as they see fit and to impose. You know whether it's Im- like the immigration issue is. You know certainly there's many more illegal immigrants coming into the U.S. today than there were yesterday. But this issue has been going on as long as we've been a republic. Right, but there have been other administrations that have worked very hard to keep the border under some semblance of control. Right, so some did better. Barack Obama, who was called deporter-in-chief. Right. No one's calling Biden that. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, I, I think the situation is uh, going to get much, much worse. And uh, hopefully you'll be coming around to my point of view that uh, the fact they're not doing anything at all and and, uh, and the criminals and the drugs that are coming across, this fentanyl is a very, very serious situation. And the Chinese are behind a lot of that. So... Uh, I yeah, guess but, we just have to pray for the country, but it's going to get to the point yeah. where uh, I think violence uh, could uh, could occur because of this, and uh, and we're definitely going to have a heck of a lot more shortages all right, because two, of it. But, two, but first of all, the fentanyl issue, every molecule of fentanyl that comes over the border finds its way to an eager beaver American who wants the drug, so it's not like they're bringing in some terrible radioactive bomb and setting it off. They're not. They're supplying an unmet need that exists in the U.S., so that's the yeah, first thing. Yeah, but they're encouraging the use by making it more easable available at a cheaper price. That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. So at. what do we go after, the supplier or the demand? If you're going after the demand, that's all. We're filling our jails with people over small drug right. offenses. All right. Two all right. Have a good day. Right. Thanks, Mark. Call back. Really, I will mark, that, mark the fact that none of our good liberal listeners and friends called in today to say they were so sorry they were wrong about the Georgia voter law. <laughs> I, I'm just a, uh, surprised by that. Uh, well, we got an email. <laughs> Joe, you're so wrong about the Georgia voter Finally, we get an email to that effect. <laughs> all right. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury. We thank Rob Center for answering our half a dozen calls, so we appreciate that. We'll have a CBS guest on tomorrow. This is WKOK Sunbury.